0: We are coming back at you today with another episode of Summer Lunch Break. For this week's ep, we get to sit down with the 2022 Natique Wake Series Champion and overall Wakeboard World Series Champion, Corey Tunison. Corey is a hardcore competitor who's become quite familiar with the top spot on just about every podium, so we had to take some time today to ask Corey about his mindset when it comes to competitive riding. For someone who crushes comps the way Corey does, we can't help but wonder, how he got into wakeboarding in the first place. I've interviewed quite a few professional riders since the start of this podcast, but Corey is the first I've interviewed who earned himself his very own pro model board just a few months after joining team Hyperlite. Be sure to tune in and hear how the Hyperlite capital came to be from the pro himself. Let's get him out here, it's Corey Tunison. You know what I'm really scared about is if the wakeboarders get too close to shore, they may use some people on the shore as, as bonking items. Tunison welcome to summer lunch break
1: thank you very much I'm um I'm stoked we've actually uh, been trying to do this for a while now and um yeah it's been an incredible summer so thank you for bearing with me and thank you
0: for having me on absolutely well I'm excited we are here doing it today we are in different time zones and normally I would ask what are you having for lunch today but I have a feeling you're still getting up this morning so what time is it there
1: yeah, so I'm actually um, I'm back in Australia right now, um, mm-hmm. and it's been incredibly busy since I've been back. To I thought I was going to be able to relax for a little bit and like chill.
0: Just- <laughs> nope.
1: But it's just been like event after okay, event. Like, um. So I'm actually down in Sydney right now. I was doing some work with Red Bull um, a couple nice. of days ago, and decided to stay an extra couple of days and hang out I'm with that. some buddies of mine down in Sydney. So. Um, yeah the days it's getting started it's 10 very o'clock nice. in the morning and got my little morning cup of coffee morning get, coffee getting the day started yeah
0: very nice very nice well I have to ask I ask everybody so I'm not going to leave you out I know you're not having lunch right now have you thought about what you're going to have for lunch today
1: um yeah I think uh I think that was talks between some of the boys there's this uh new spot that just opened up it's called oh, fishbowl nice. it's like a really healthy bowl place and like okay. kind of, yeah it's unreal really really all right. so
0: exciting like, well I, I expect a coffee, review but. I expect a review on it later okay
1: I'll, I'll do a whole <laughs> review <it> later, okay? <laughs> okay perfect <laughs> yeah.
0: perfect that's what we want that's what we want I mean honestly these re- interviews are fun but I really want to know what everybody's eating that's that's the most important thing <laughs> all right let's get into your story I like to get a background on everybody I talk to I think it's super important to learn about you know where these amazing pro riders come from. so how the heck did you get into wakeboarding?
1: Yeah, essentially um, probably started uh, about twenty years ago now. Um, my and my how old are a, you
0: like, how old are you?
1: I'm twenty five I just okay, so five. okay,
0: okay, just wanted to make yeah. sure I knew. okay.
1: Sorry, um, continue. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah my dad was into water skiing and boating um when he was younger and um essentially when myself and my brother came along it got passed down to us very quickly I think I I water skied when I was three and uh wakeboarded when I was four and kind of just oh, yeah. stuck with it I think and um the the area that I grew up in that was like a really cool little environment of a couple families like all learning how to wakeboard at the same time so um it was it was a real encouraging environment to to be around
0: very cool very cool so if you started on skis and then you went to wakeboarding was there just no looking back once you got your feet strapped into a board
1: well I think uh, it was just all natural progression and for yeah. me like I was I was always the youngest of the group, so I just I just wanted oh, okay. to follow what, what everyone was doing everyone yeah, was yeah. I wanted to be like the cooler older kids right like I wanted, totally. I wanted to follow what they're doing um, and that being said like everyone kind of picked up on wakeboarding because I was just like the fresh thing to do and yeah. we were just young sort of messing around out on the lake and um, yeah kind of followed followed with that, and then that sort of led into doing like the regional like grassroots events and then that led yeah. into doing like state title stuff and then internationals and then obviously traveling overseas from there so totally. it, was, um, it was a very
0: progressive um yeah. up for sure totally totally so yeah. did you have that moment kind of you know transferring from just out on the lake messing around you know with the older the older kids to maybe taking a little bit more seriously, entering your first competition, you know, did you have that moment of like, okay, like I'm doing this and this is what I'm gonna do for a long time?
1: Yeah, I think um it kind of I want to say it happened like halfway along the journey, really. I don't think like uh in in the middle mix of it all, like I don't think I ever had like a moment where I was like, okay, like let's let's try and make something yeah. of this. But I definitely think looking back on it now, like I think it was probably uh, my second trip to the states when I was fourteen, um, and I was living with my brother and um, a couple of friends at the time. And I kind of, I think I kind of realized in the moment I was like, "This isn't normal." Like <laughs> a fourteen-year-old kid living
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> living internationally for half the year, every year. I was like, "Right, yeah, I don't think this is this is real. Not really normal." Like all my Mm-mm. buddies are still home. I'm like <laughs> yeah. really the only one kind of doing it. Um, so I probably think like around that time, like my second trip to the States, um, and I was 14 and I really started to show some progression and, um, some light towards, um, potentially having something out of the industry. And I think looking back on it now, it was definitely around that time where I was like, okay, like this, this, this could be something.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Realizing like, yeah, I am, you know, the only person that I know my age that's, Doing this like weird back and forth thing was that difficult? I mean, traveling back and forth is—is is it hard at times? I can only imagine. You know, it's—it's it's two completely different worlds that you're living in. What's it like?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think when I was younger, it was—it was a lot easier for sure. I was just mm-hmm. a little teenage kid living the dream, yeah. like getting away from <laughs> his parents for half mm-hmm. a year. Like, Hell oh, yeah, let's yes. go! Like, <laughs> right. this is this is awesome, you know. Yeah. And then, I think as you as you get older you appreciate um, the people that you have in your life and for me family's number one and um, it's tough enough to to leave my family but uh, my brother's got two kids now too so he's got a little little boy and a little girl and um, for me like leaving leaving them every year is yeah and it sort of just comes comes down to the fact now that if I want to keep making that sacrifice and be away from home and all my family and all my friends, um, yeah. for such a long period of time. And like, I want to do the best I possibly can uh, totally. to make it worthwhile for them. So, um, but that being said, it's not like I'm just like packing up and leaving and I'm with no one. Like I got <laughs> yeah. some of my friends live in America as well. So totally. I've been incredibly lucky to create the life that I have, but also to have the friends and the people that
0: I have in my life as well. Totally, totally. So your first, the first time you came over the United States, sounds like you were a little bit younger. Was there any sort of like absolute culture shock that you were like, dude, these Americans are weird. Why do they do this?
1: (laughs) Well, I think like, I don't think I ever really realized anything because I was so young. So I was constantly,
0: right. Okay.
1: I was constantly learning and I was like, okay, well like this, this is normal i guess i thought like well for me anyway like um i first came over when i was 13 uh, my dad flew over with me um and then we ended up uh, meeting up with kobe and tyra mikisic okay. um, and they um i ended up staying with them for about six weeks through the Very summer cool. and it was pretty funny like my dad flew over with me we like met up with them like midday at their house and then dad flew out that night he was like <laughs> he, he probably had a huge party and celebrated when he went back but um but yeah like everything was so I was so young like I was I was learning the world so I just assumed that everything was very normal and I've obviously continued to to travel back and forth so for me like those those culture shocks and those those differences have the just minimal.
0: become
1: yeah they've just become yeah. my life
0: okay okay very nice I was hoping you had some like crazy like yeah you guys are psycho but
1: oh, well. oh I mean like <laughs> obviously like America's definitely like bigger is better for sure okay you know? okay but,
0: I agree I get yeah. that yep 100% <laughs> I think oh, um
1: actually no like if anything now I would like I would say um, the personalities between um, people that live in America and that li- uh, live in Australia I think a lot of people in Australia specifically live very like open and adventurous lives and I think a lot okay. of people in America live lives through their phones okay I think that like, kind of, like yeah over the years I've definitely definitely noticed that for sure like a lot Something of people are like, very like and I'm not saying that Australians don't live through their phones.
0: Yeah. We, <laughs> they don't
1: we, even but, have iPhones there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're still on the, um, on the, what were they, Blackberries or whatever. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but no, I think like, I don't know, like we love to go to the beach and just hang out yeah. at the beach or go for a walk or go for a little hike up to up to some waterfalls or whatever. Like we're just like I'm more than happy to leave my phone at home and go hang out at the waterfall for an hour or two where like a lot of like a lot of lives are lived through lived through their phones over over in America which is like a little bit of a culture shock not a shock but just slight difference but yeah yeah, totally. totally
0: that's an interesting perspective okay okay let's uh Let's kind of jump, before I jump, because I do want to ask, you know, like what it was like entering your very first comp, even if it was, you know, a smaller scale, like what was, what led you to want to do that, you know, going into it, do you remember what your mindset was like? Just kind of tell me that, tell me a story for that.
1: Yeah, I think, um, well, like, it's kind of funny, I don't necessarily have like a vivid memory of it, because I think I first started competing when I was like five or six years old, just in like. (laughs) little grassroots stuff. Yeah, but yeah. um it was more like honestly it was more just like I wanna follow like the older, cooler kids, like all these all these. You wanna kids do it because
0: they're doing it, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um I was lucky enough I had um my brother um competing growing up as well. So I grew up competing with my brother, but um competing was never never natural for me. Like it I always really struggled competing and always had a pretty difficult time um navigating the events and being comfortable with that so for me it was definitely a progress that I had to sort of learn how to navigate um but I think I just would become like super anxious and nervous coming into into events and wouldn't feel like not that I didn't belong or like didn't deserve to be there um but it was just a huge process that I had to learn to adapt to right where like a lot of people are very like natural at competing like my brother for example he was Mm -hmm. like
0: handled
1: it very well and a lot of other people like in the industry now i think are very natural competitors but it definitely took me a long time to be comfortable
0: right that you realize how insane that sounds hearing you say that you weren't comfortable competing like it's just it's so wild how far you've come to if you were there and then look at you now it's crazy
1: Oh, I mean the amount of the amount of times I've flown halfway around the world, and like my family would spend like twenty, thirty, forty grand just on like a trip to an event, and I'd go out and fall first trip, like two tricks, <laughs> first round, and just be done. I'm like, oh, yeah,
0: sorry. yeah, sorry
1: dad, like I'll get the next one. It's all right. <laughs> but oh, awesome. uh, yeah, I was I was never never a natural competitor. I had to I had to really had to adjust and learn how to yeah. uh,
0: how to compete. Yeah. I relate to that. I used to run track in middle school and before every race, I would literally think about if I ran away now, I won't have to run in the event because they won't find me in time. <laughs> hated it. Hated it. Cause I could never get past the whole, like I'm running in a circle. Like mm. I'm going around in a circle. That's there. I just yeah. couldn't wrap my head around it. I hated it. So I totally relate to you.
1: <laughs> there you go. I like it. <laughs> <gasps>
0: Okay, before we get into like talking, you know comps and stuff like that, because I totally want to do that today. We are going to take a step in a little bit different direction because, well, yes, you are a hardcore competitor and a serious athlete. I have some not so serious questions for you.
1: Perfect. These. So, these are my. I'm gonna rapid classic.
0: fire. Better get ready, okay? Yeah. First one. What are some of your hobbies outside of wakeboarding?
1: Um, prefer to surf uh like actual like ocean surf um and especially like when I'm back home like I mean I'm 25 years old I'm happy to go to a bar and grab a cocktail and hang out with friends and just do like normal fun shit that every other person will do you know but um but yeah I try and surf as much as I can um when I'm back here in Oz just because Mm -hmm. the surf is normally pretty good yeah
0: um
1: yeah, I'm just like a normal kid.
0: You're like I'm just a normal guy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> All right. What are what is a very special skill that is non wake related that you have?
1: Special skill. Um, shit. These ones always stump me. Actually, like,
0: super <laughs> weird.
1: <laughs> super weird, but I don't know why, but, like, every time um, we'll, like, go out and, like, eat wings or whatever, like, I'm going to... Okay, f- like This I'll is taking a turn. <laughs> yeah, super weird, but, like, I'll, like, clean the... Like, clean, like, the full chicken No chicken, chicken left. Not, yeah, not, like, one Nothing. tiny little bit of meat left. No. <laughs> Everyone looks at me, like, super weird. They're like, bro, like, that's not normal. I'm like... Right, yeah.
0: Just give up when it's, like, no longer, like good <laughs> still, okay. still you gotta eat right? the whole thing are you a are you a spicy wing guy are you a honey barbecue guy like what kind of wing? you get barbecue. honey barbecue okay okay have you ever done like a hot wing challenge
1: yeah that's not for me
0: no not your jam okay fair <laughs> that's very fair. i look at a bottle of tabasco and i'm like can't can't do it i i can't do no, hot no, no. sauce so not for me
1: good, but tabasco yeah. is like yeah
0: yeah, you can stay over there. I'm good. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: Okay. What is one of the worst habits that you have?
1: Worst habits? Yeah. Um, I think I got like I got like a and a really addictive personality. So I think whenever I like I find something that um I want to turn my attention to, like it's just like. Bang! Like it's all (laughs) tunnel vision. Yeah, all my attention is gone to that, which is like you can say it's like you can say it's a good thing, but also like yeah, be bad at
0: times. Yeah, it can be very time consuming. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) okay. So are you like if you start a Netflix show, is it like you need to set aside twenty-four hours to to finish (laughs) it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Okay. hundred percent. Very fair. I do that too. Like I find myself fall down like the YouTube, like the rabbit hole. And next thing I know, I'm like addicted to some show that like I, I don't even know what it is. I'm like, but it's so good.
1: I know. That I'm the exact same. It. It's
0: bad. Bad. Okay. I'll just
1: I'll just go to one cave for like two days and no one even know that I've gone. Turn
0: into a hermit. <laughs> Nobody misses you. Nobody says anything. <laughs> By the way,
1: it's still like, all right, you're back. Damn. All right. <laughs> oh, that's
0: funny. All right, something that you think is cool, but it's not actually cool. Ooh,
1: um, being kind and thoughtful to like people in need.
0: <laughs> no, that's cool. That is cool.
1: But I feel like for the longest time, it's always been like a lot of like, a lot of like mental health like issues and stuff like that. Okay, like fair. for the longest time, it was very like taboo and not a lot of people. Oh, totally. about it.
0: Right, okay, um, fair.
1: But I think, like, that's one, like, ver- like thing that I'm very lucky with over here is, like, my group of friends are, like, very open to talk about um, just situations that they're not very comfortable with, yeah. and um, I think that's very rare to find in, like, a group of friends over here, but also, like, super important.
0: Okay, okay, good answer. Not what I was expecting, but good answer. All right, <laughs> One of your most embarrassing moments, oh god. Um, embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing. You're like, I never do anything wrong, I'm not, I, I don't get it.
1: <laughs> well, normally, like the real embarrassing moments, I tend to forget pretty quickly,
0: black them out. Yeah, they didn't yeah. happen. I don't know who the hell did that.
1: Yeah, um. I wouldn't necessarily I don't know why this is this is jumping into my head, but it's not necessarily embarrassing. It was more like not my place and like I felt <laughs> terrible. But oh, okay. <laughs> I, and like I said, I don't know why this is popping up into my head because I hadn't had I haven't had this sort in forever, but um my first On pro packet. event in Fates. <laughs> um it was in Texas and it was like freezing cold it was like raining super hard and everyone had like two three layers on like everyone was like freezing and I like went out uh in the first round like rode really well was like super stoked and like whipped back into the dock super hard (laughs) (laughs) just had like way too much speed and just had to like kill speed somehow and just like completely soaked the whole like
0: riders area
1: and it's like freezing it's like 60 degrees oh no and, like, it was like the first event first event rookie did not belong at all. was just, like oh like was probably not was like little too
0: bad. hot yeah <laughs> uh, oh <whatever. laughs> too bad they were fine i mean you know it's a splash zone stay out of the splash zone <laughs> okay good one good one i have one i uh when i was younger I had told my friend that I knew, and, like, I'm talking, like, I think I was maybe six. Maybe. Okay. I told my friend, I went over to her house. I told her, yeah, I can ride my bike with no training wheels. I'm a I'm a G. Like, bring it, right? What I That's didn't know. That's such a
1: great thing back then, too. Dude,
0: and I shouldn't have done it, and I regret it even now.
1: <laughs> because at school,
0: I would talk, like, big game or whatever. I go to her house. I did not know she lived on a hill that was the steepest hill in the entire world. The entire world. I don't even know how they build a house on it. And she's like, ride down the hill. You're on. (laughs) I'm like, for sure. So the entire time I'm walking the bike up this hill, I'm like in my own head, like you have to just do it. Like you have, you have to do it. You have to eat shit and you have to be like, it was a hill. But I can still ride in two wheels. <laughs> I got to the very top of the hill. And I'm standing there, tunnel vision. I can see the bottom of the hill. At the end of the hill, is like sticker bushes with like thorns on them. Oh, that's and I, always good. I got in my own head. And I was like, if I fall on purpose, no one can get mad at me because they won't know. So I get on the bike. And I just like push off with both my feet. And I'm zooming down the hill. And I was just like, now! And i like, what the bike completely rolled down? So embarrassed. And like, nobody really knew I was embarrassed because they thought I was hurt, but it was totally on yeah. purpose. So I didn't have to own up to my lie. Amazing. Amazing. And that was, I didn't think I would unload that today, but for anybody watching, it. that's what happened to me. <laughs> okay, They're back on track. You yeah, back yeah, yeah. <laughs> so on track. What is well, this one's a little more wake related, but what is one of the coolest places that you have traveled for wakeboarding? You um, know it's probably hard to narrow down, but
1: yeah, um, I think like holiday de- holiday destination wise probably like all through like Europe and stuff like that, like Italy, okay. Portugal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I mean Orlando has a special part in my like it'll always hold totally. a special spot in my heart sure yeah.
0: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Where is the worst place you've had to travel to wakeboard? China. Oh, okay. Why? Yeah.
1: Went there three years in a row um, for an event out there. And I just, I uh, got food poisoning two out of the three trips. Uh, oh, shit. Places dirty. <laughs> um, the hotel was terrible. The people were pretty arrogant Aber-
0: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> and i think like the last trip we like finally like kind of got our bearings a little bit so we just right. ate pizza Hut breakfast lunch and dinner yeah and it was like a 15 20 minute walk from where where we were staying and that well, was like, like the only thing we knew is it yeah. was, like we just like migrated to pizza hut for every meal um but yeah i did not not enjoy my time there
0: Okay, well, we'll leave that in the past. We don't have to go back. Don't no, want to t- no, talk about that. Okay, we're going to get more focused on wakeboarding now. Ah. You are, I will say, you are the only person that I have had on this show that I have had to double my notes that I have. And it's because I took a whole page to write down some awards you've won, uh, some titles right? you, you, you've grabbed yourself. Um, and I would read through all of them, but I feel like, Most of these episodes are supposed to be like an hour, and I I don't think I have enough time to get through everything. So let's focus on this. Not at all. Come on. (laughs) I mean, I'll read them off. Maybe we'll list them at the end, like credits, and they'll like run up the screen. But I want to talk about 2022. (laughs) I want to talk about 2022 because, dude, you had a crazy amazing year. And I correct me if I'm wrong, because I try to follow, but I do get a little confused sometimes. Started off the season at Moomba Masters? Correct. Correct. Yes. Grabbed second place there, exciting, getting the ball rolling, getting ready to go. Then we go into what I believe was Nautique Masters, correct? Correct. First place on that one. How was that event? You know, kind of give me a little breakdown of of what went down there. Yeah, um
1: was obviously amazing. Um, can never can never complain when you walk away from a weekend and do well. But I think what was what was the most nerve wracking for me was um, this this whole um, off season. I was like I was renewing my uh, my US visa, and normally mm-hmm. they take about like three four months to do. And this year it took ten months, um, yeah. which was obviously a lot longer than what anyone was expecting and kind of started the process like halfway through last year I was like ah, oh, just just in case like I'll be right. safe you know um I managed to get over get over to America like a couple of weeks before the event so mm-hmm. for me it was just like a super stressful build up to the event I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it and all mm-hmm. of that and I was just like checking the mailbox every day waiting mm-hmm. to see my my passport in the mail and um the day it came I literally booked a flight for like that afternoon and flew out the next morning so I was like I just straight into it but um but yeah I managed to um string some stuff together at um, at Masters which is always nice and personally like Masters is like one of the hardest events we compete in just because it's it's capped at so like so little riders and obviously the they get the best 12 riders around the world at that given moment to yeah. to compete um it's always yeah it's always really really difficult so um to have like a pretty stressful lead up into right. it and then like just make it over there like I think I was still like jet lagged like slightly jet lagged for the event
0: oh totally
1: um and I was just like yeah I was super stressful leading into it um and yeah managed to Managed to string some stuff together and yeah. come away with a result. So I was obviously like, yeah, pretty over the mood for that one. Totally,
0: totally. So when yeah. you when you are, you know, in your competition mode, are you like a okay, in the zone, nobody talked to me, I gotta go win this, or are you pretty easygoing comp day type guy?
1: Um, I'm pretty easy going um until I like start to get ready um and start to warm up and get ready to compete um I think like humor is such an like valuable tool to to have through um through an event day for sure there's so much going on and if you can kind of like just sit back and laugh at any opportunity you can it just sort of keeps you present and in the moment um but then like definitely by the time I'm like getting ready to getting ready to compete I'm like sort of on my own doing, doing my own thing
0: okay yeah. okay and when you're out there I I've never asked anyone this but I always think it do you ever talk to yourself when you're like back writing
1: no i am no? not that person. <laughs> no it's like I've had so many people like He's like oh my god no for, like sets and stuff <laughs> I'm like dude it's gonna be pointless bro like you gotta get nothing where like I know, like, some of my buddies, I'll have, like, full conversations with themselves, like, when they ride, and I'm just, like, I'm just silent the entire time. It's hilarious.
0: Okay, okay. I've always wanted to ask, I'm like, I feel like that's a weird question, but I really am curious. Okay, moving on. The Pro Wakeboard Tour took the crown this year. I know that's a really, like, kind of prolonged event, and there's a lot that goes into it. Give me kind of the breakdown of one two three you know what I mean like does that make sense yeah
1: yeah, okay. yeah for sure um I think um super did and like well specifically the pro wakeboard uh pro wakeboard tour the pwt did a really good job at diversifying uh their tour this year um and tried uh went down a different avenue of trying to create more of a production rather than mm-hmm. a day as such um, and I think they did a really good job. Um, the they chose a really good site for the first and last stop, and um, the conditions were great. And obviously, throwing in the online events as well yeah. uh, can really can really switch things up pretty pretty easily. You never you never know what
0: right. what can
1: happen. So there's there's always a lot of anxiety, um when. Uh, When they're about to like release all that stuff. So, oh, I bet. Uh, But yeah, it was, it was good. Started off the, um, off that tour um, pretty strongly and uh, competed really well at the first stop and then kind of carried that momentum through, through the season, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. How did it feel? Just if you could describe what it felt like to take that, that victory for the event, what word would you use?
1: It it felt good. I mean, it, it (laughs) it, 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 it (laughs) it always feels good, but like, yeah, no, that, that one felt good. I hadn't, um, the PWTs eluded me for like a few years, um, for personal reasons and professional reasons as well. And, um, I think the past couple of years, I haven't really wanted to compete on the PWT and, I still had, but I was never, like, fully invested in it. My attention was, like, obviously on, like, the World Series and um, doing well at the events that my my companies that I work with put more attention towards. So, naturally, okay. my my attention had right. um, sort of gravitated to trying to compete well on that, that tour. But for the first time in a long time, it was um, – I had, like, equal – equal focus and attention to do well on the pwt and um i mean yeah it was good to good to do well on tour again obviously um there's the history with myself and Supra being on the on the super team for nine years and then obviously shifting and moving over to nautique which was probably the best thing i've ever done oh um, yeah professionally. but um it was it was nice to nice to sort of get one on the books again and get yeah. um, one of those titles under under my belt just more to prove to myself that I'm like okay like I can do like I can right. do that like if I do I yeah. really want to do it like I I can do that so for me that was that was really uplifting and nice to like it was like a nice moment to be like a realization to be like I oh, like I can still do
0: that if I want totally. to totally <laughs> totally totally okay so, so the word is Good. It was good. <laughs> he shrugs, dude. Good with the shrugs. Long, okay.
1: long story short, it was good. It was
0: good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, <laughs> let's go towards maybe some of the events that you focus a little bit more on, and that are a little bit more near and dear to your heart. The 2022 Nautique Wake Series champion and Wakeboard World Series champion, champion. Like, holy wow! I mean, tell me about the events and and just you know, I'm not there, so I don't know what it's like, and I I can only see what I see on my phone and online, so I'm always interested to get that, like, not only in-person perspective, but competitor in-person perspective of of an event, like, as big as that.
1: Yeah, definitely, um, this year, this year, Worlds at Callaway was, um, was a pretty special event for sure, um, my, my old man actually flew over for the last event he got in, I think, like, five days before the event, um, and he like he always tries and uh like comes to the States at least like once a year he loves it over there mm-hmm. um but obviously don't want to talk about what's happened in the last couple of years that's that's a whole nother rabbit hole on its own and but it was it was amazing to have him come over and um yeah. really show support and it was like yeah it was it was tight going into the last event too so to have I have to have a little bit of home a little bit of australia with totally. me um in the last event was was pretty special and um just navigating that whole weekend was so difficult there's obviously so much on the like the last right. six, eight months um of your life yeah. it's sort of all leading up yeah. to this moment and, mm-hmm. um so, yeah, it was unbelievably stressful to to be a part of it. And there was a lot more media um, at that event than usual as well. So I'm, like, jumping from, like, trying to hang out with my sponsors and trying to do the media obligations that I need mm-hmm. to do and also, like, spend time with my dad and, like, be right. with my family because I haven't seen them in so long. And so I was, like, just jumping back and forth. And there was so much to to juggle through the event. But... I think, um, what really helped me, like, going into, um, in the finals day was, like, there was, like, so many distractions that it was almost, like, kind of nice. It was, like, simple to just be able to go, like, okay, like, let's, let's just go wakeboard and let's, let's go and enjoy it, um, for once and really just be a part of it and trying to take it all in rather than, um, having the struggles of trying to navigate something, just, like, be a part of that moment and feel it and kind of embrace it and wherever that wherever that took me I was I was going to be happy with with the end result and luckily it took me to a positive place and yeah. Um, yeah I mean obviously that event went really well as well so um yeah zero complaints whatsoever. That, was, that was pretty special and I think a moment that'll always stick with me for a long time was as soon as I got back uh to the dock after competing. Um like a bunch of my buddies like ran up to me and gave me like the biggest hug. And then when dad finally got back down to the dock, he just like grabbed me and lifted me and just like held me in his arms. And it was just oh. such a such a special moment to to have with with dad over there because it was so rare to like have him there in the first place. And then
0: yeah.
1: um for everything to unfold like that was was pretty special
0: awesome oh you're gonna make me cry that's so sweet oh (laughs) Oh. (laughs) that's so awesome though I mean I feel like that's that's really cool and it speaks volumes to just you know what you really care about when it comes to wakeboarding and that sort of thing so that's really rad I do want to ask you know with competing and and going you know head to head with so many people and that sort of thing I want to add how do I want to wear this? I want to know what you think, just industry-wise, like what you think or who you think is on the come up, who had an amazing season that you were like, okay, I got to watch this person. Like, I got to keep my eye on you. Like, I, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's such a difficult question because there's so many people doing well now. Like, right. but I think probably for the last three four years it was um really myself and Nick um kind of kind of pushing each other and um being very competitive and um that's so far from the truth now to say that it's just uh just myself and him like obviously like Nick's a great competitor and I think we bring the best out of each other but it's that's not the pool anymore you got Right. So, so many people. It's it's an effort to to make finals now. Like you look yeah. back at first PWT stop, Finn, for example, went out and did like a double flip, a mob seven, a back nine. Like it was like kind of like a running joke. It was like the hardest run to never make a final. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like yeah. on any other day, like that, that like his stuff would have won the event. And it, I think it just goes to show. Um, the depth pool um, of talent that is in the sport right now is is crazy and it's the most competitive and the hardest that it's ever been right now but that's also what makes it really intriguing is that never you never know what's going to happen and the sport is progressing so quickly that it's it's almost like a game it's it's Fun. It's interesting. You never you never know what's going to happen.
0: Totally, totally. Well, I have another kind of a hot take question for you, speaking more specifically towards yourself. If you were not winning as often as you are, do you think your mindset about wakeboarding and competing would be different than it is?
1: Um, yeah, I would I would say so, for sure. Um I think. Like obviously, like getting that recognition and doing well in um, in events and with companies specifically. Like a lot of companies spend a lot of money and a lot of effort, and there's a lot of a lot of people that go into actually putting on an event. um yeah. so When you do well, obviously those companies are gonna be happy for you and wanna wanna support you um, with. With a lot of different things, so um, and I've <clears throat> I've definitely sort of transitioned into like I think my mindset on like my role in the industry right now is like I definitely can like I definitely look at wakeboarding as like work and a, a a job and a career for sure. Mm-hmm. But I also I think that also speaks because I have so many different elements to myself as well. Like yes, I love wakeboarding, but it's not everything in my life like wake for me is my job and my career and I love it for that and obviously I'm have had um have had been lucky enough to have some success over the last couple of years um which keeps it nice and refreshing and fun and makes it all worthwhile but I think if I like if I wasn't doing as well then like that's on me like I'm the type of person that I want to do something to the best of my ability whatever it is and if I wasn't doing as well as what I am I'd probably just get like really pissed off and be like ah like screw this like I need to I need my shit together so that you know so if I wasn't like yeah if I wasn't doing as well I'd probably just get like super pissed off and just like want to work to the point to like to get to that you know yeah so
0: yeah okay Good
1: answer.
0: It'd probably be nice a little little kid on the <laughs> ass. <a little> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, well, you know. All right, let's talk a little bit about you know your life with wakeboarding. and Wakeboarding being your career, what do you do to keep both your mental and your physical health kind of in check? You know, you're pushing your body to these limits, and you're you're obviously doing like a somewhat high risk day job. Like it's something that you know I like to get a perspective of what you do to you know, keep yourself in balance
1: yeah um and I think that last word is like balance is so important because like um for example like season's done I'm back home in Oz right now and like I put my wakeboard up on a shelf and I won't look at it for like a month or two and (laughs) um, yeah I'll take I'll take a fair amount of time off the water um and I never like I never give myself I never allocate a specific time to take off I always just kind of let it let it happen to the point where like I don't think about wakeboarding for a long time and then it'll like creep back into my life in one way or another and mm-hmm. I think when it gets to the point where I can't stop thinking about it that's when I'm like okay like it's 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 the right time, time. you know like yeah. <laughs> I obviously there to like get back out mm-hmm. and want to want to push myself and dedicate myself to to something that's essentially bigger than than who i am but to a tour and um to the whole industry like it's it's a lot so for me like taking time off especially like around this time of year is just so important just um one to let the body recover but more just to recharge the batteries as well i think like the industry requires not, not only requires a lot of energy, but I think it deserves a lot of energy as well. And um, for me to constantly give that energy to the sport for year after year, I need, I need my time away to totally get, to give it what it deserves.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. So what is, you that know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what is, <laughs> I want to ask you, what is the most rewarding part of your job?
1: Um, I think. I mean, obviously, I get to do what I love. Yeah. You know, I I grew up grew up wakeboarding. I grew up um, being introduced to the industry as a lifestyle, and um, to enjoy those those special moments with with friends and family. But I definitely think, like, I don't know, the most rewarding moment for me was probably um a few years ago when I I blew out my shoulder and ended up getting like um a full reconstruction and spent the whole off season um just like rehabbing and getting back to to where I wanted to be and um I I ended up like getting back on the water a whole like month earlier like all all my doctors were like nah bro like
0: don't do that uh, like you can't <laughs> go
1: away <laughs> so um so I ended up getting surgery on I woke up in, from surgery on my 21st birthday Woo! Um, so it was a pretty loose birthday for sure ended up getting a new shoulder as a present um
0: hell yeah <laughs>
1: But just spent so much time um, getting back to where where I wanted to be, and I think I hopped on the water uh, like two weeks before Moomba, um, and was just not confident coming into the event, and just kind of like stringing a bunch of stuff together, and just trying to really survive and just trying to make up as like get as many points as possible for the overall t- um, for the tour, and yeah. um, ended up competing in finals and rode really well and I was like it was the first time like my whole family had flown down to to Melbourne for to come and support me like my brother my um my brother's in-laws like their whole family came down like there was like a crew of like 20 people my manager came down as well like there was like a huge like support team um and I'm like walking back up to like the up uh, the vip area like the grandstands stands or whatever wherever i was and um my little nephew like came running over to me and like gave me a little cuddle and picked him up and gave him a hug and as i like picked him up um the like over the announcement or whatever like the results came out and turns out i won the event and just like just started like bawling my eyes out crying straight away and just how much like how much I'd sacrificed to get back to mm-hmm. get back to that moment and to have like so many people there supporting me it was all like very overwhelming all at once and yeah like that was yeah to, to have my little nephew in my arms at that time too it was just like it was a lot all at one moment but totally it was so so worth it and everything had just come together so right. so perfect yeah
0: yeah well when you give so much to the sport and the industry it's like it feels really really good when you get something back out of it and it for a moment like that I mean that's it's huge it's it's what you work so hard for so that's really cool
1: yeah it was it was special for sure it was cool it was was, yeah very overwhelming (laughs) very emotional um but it was yeah no that wasn't that was a cool moment.
0: Totally, totally, and with, you know, with, when we get these awards, and we do really well in things, there's often challenges that we have to face that get us to that point. What are, in, you know, the industry, and your job, and what you do, what are some of the biggest challenges that you face?
1: Um, I mean, I think just, like, navigating a tour in general is, is a challenge in itself. Um, There's, there's so many things I can go right, there's so many things I can go wrong, but um I think the two the two biggest challenges I've definitely had to face um over my career was like two years back to back around around the same time each year it was only a few years ago um but two years ago um one of my best buddies um suddenly passed away in a freak accident um ended up uh, he was free diving and ended up ha- like shallow having a shallow water blackout and drowned underwater and being it was like all through COVID too. So like I couldn't just like rip home and
0: go and uh, yeah
1: be be with his family and stuff like that. So for me, like that was definitely like the most difficult thing I think I've ever had to
0: yeah.
1: had to deal with. And even though I had a lot of friends around me in the States, I was like really like the only one like going through Right. You were on it. Yeah. At, like, so I like, I had a, a lot of support crew, but I also felt alone and stranded at the same time. So totally. that was like really, like, difficult to navigate and deal with. Um, and then around the same time, the following year, my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, so then I was like, it just kind of felt like everything was like piling on and like, yeah was super um was obviously like very difficult but I think like without having that previous experience the year before and have like being put in such and being thrown off so much and being put in such a difficult position I think I navigated Mum's news a lot better than what I probably would have without having to deal with that and
0: yeah um
1: I think I definitely grew a lot within that year and was had a lot more of a level headed mindset on me. Yeah, navigating and dealing with that whole process and very very lucky. She's um she's sweet now and um she had pretty much a flawless uh, chemo program and everything okay. went really well. So she's she's still kicking on and loving life. Loving um, good, yes. Yeah, so she's she's doing great, but um. But yeah, I think also like I think the biggest the biggest thing was again like I just had such an amazing support crew around me and I, I don't like I've always been the type of person where I'd rather have a small group of friends that are a lot more meaningful than yeah. a lot of group like, have a big group of friends. So I'm very lucky to have the the people that uh, that I have in my life, and they definitely are a big big aspect of who who I've become as a person today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we are sending your mom love and joy and all the good vibes we have. I will say, I think it's really interesting to hear your story of like what challenges you most, even in terms of your career, it's things that it wasn't even wakeboarding. It was outside of it, but it then affects, you know, kind of what's going on with your career and that sort of thing. And I think balance kind of comes back into play there of like things need to be in balance. And when they're out of balance, it's how we find that balance again. So Really, thank you for sharing that story. That was, that's, that's very cool yeah. to hear and just, yeah, yeah no, get that, course. you know, that insider information that we don't know or we may not be aware of. And it's cool to know those, those kinds of stories about, about people.
1: Well, we, we all deal with our own shit on different levels, right? Yes. And <laughs> I think like, um, being, being in an, it's, it's, it's every industry you know, like every sporting, like a lot of, a lot of people when they see these like, these highlight reels of of all these people competing and all the athletes within the sport but there's there's so many more levels and there's so many so much more going.
0: yeah so much more yeah totally totally so, okay we're going to i'm going to focus in on one more question i will say my first question i asked about giving me one word to describe something i got good so now i'm going to ask you <laughs> I'm going to ask you to do it again. <laughs> I need you to give go. me I need you to give me one word to describe what your mindset is like when you go into a comp. And if you say good, I'm going to end the call right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's good. No, I'm just kidding. Um
0: <laughs> all right.
1: Um, clarity. Ooh,
0: okay. And why?
1: Um I think like you just you're able to take on new information and process that a lot easier um, when you have a have an open mind and when you are so where you believe so much in what you're doing and where you're at and you're so comfortable with what you're doing then um, I think you have the ability to be able to process things a lot a lot cleaner
0: the contest scene. I wanna know that when it comes to comps, you know, what is more important to you? Is it style or is it execution? I, and I know it sounds weird because you need to execute obviously, but it's like, I hope you know what I mean when I ask that.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, okay. of course. Um, and it's definitely a combination of both for sure. The sport is growing um, so quickly at the moment um, that you need to, look I think the best way to sort of go a bit, like look at it is yes wakeboarding is a sport but it's a craft more importantly yeah and there's no set way to do a craft and mm-hmm. I think that's that's what is so interesting and intriguing about about wakeboarding is it's very personal and it's very influ- like you can be very easily influenced and um and it's it's difficult because the whole idea about competition is to bring out um, the most technical and the most difficult thing that um, is possible. And yes, that is the underlining thing about competition. And that's what I think everyone that competes on tour strives for: is to be be the well essentially the best wakeboard at that given moment but it is a craft also and I think um you look at you look at guys like Sam or like Gunther or Ty that do a really good job at really separating themselves and when like whenever you see one of those guys ride like you know it's them like you know that they're competing when when you're at an event I think they do an unbelievable job at really sort of personalizing their own their own stuff but it's it's a it's definitely a mixture for sure like you can't just go out and have have something in mind and just go out and do that year after year Um, right and i think a lot of people like a lot of people have and i think a lot of people are slowly adjusting to that me being included in those Mm -hmm. people um but then again like I also I look back at um like past years of competing and like every year I've like had some like at least like one thing different from like every year which is something that I'm personally proud of like I haven't been able like I haven't just done like I do a lot of like similar stuff but at least every year there's been like one or two changes which is yeah which is difficult when you're dealing with the top percent, top half percent. Right. Of <laughs> and At that peak, it's, it's difficult to really adjust stuff, but I think that's where the best wake is really shine.
0: Totally, totally. Cool answer, okay. And then one more thing about the industry, and then I have some other questions I'm going to ask you, but if there was yeah. one thing that you could change about the way a competition happens, what would it be? Add something to subtract something. I mean, what? anything come to mind when I ask that?
1: Yeah, I think, look, I've always been a big fan of, I'm I'm not a big fan, I'm a big believer in like, I'm happy to sacrifice conditions for a great location and a great event. Um, And I think the events have for so long been solely centered around the performance and uh the athletes competing which mm-hmm. is great because I mean look at the level of competition every year so it's just been slowly increasing and slowly increasing and yeah. getting more and more difficult which is great for the progression of the sport but I think the events need to be tailored around a show that we are included in rather than okay us as athletes and create a show around that. I think the mm-hmm. show and the presentation needs to be um, the priority and where we're an asset to that. Like, we should okay. complement that.
0: Yeah,
1: okay. So, so wh- whatever that is taking us to in the middle of cities and competing in yeah. terrible conditions, making a show out of it and making it fun and, and enjoyable and um, attractive to – to an everyday, everyday Joe um, or whether if it's bringing like teaming up with other events and festivals or make like making like a full day out of it or like yeah. I look at one of the best event that I compete in every year which is Moonbar um, here in Oz and it's a part of like yes it's been going for 50, 60 years or whatever but it's like a city festival. Totally. And it's like a five-day festival and like they, they get like over two and a half million people through the gates over the course of like oh, four or five cool. days. Yeah. You know that's crazy. It's, it's not solely focused on the wakeboarding and the water skiing. It's a whole event coming together to to create a show and a performance and where the assets to do that.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: And I think totally. That's why that event does so well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's cool too because it gives kind of the opportunity of giving wakeboarding this platform of like it's a part of things that maybe people wouldn't maybe someone wouldn't go to a comp but if there was a whole event going on they're going to be there and they're going to watch and they're going to witness it and that opens so many more doors so that's a really cool perspective on that
1: yeah exactly like mm-hmm. don't, like don't get me wrong like i'm very grateful that the attention has been so f- solely focused on on us and the performance and like the writers but yeah i think I think and it needs to be like a little, little bit of a shift and like sort of have that like production and that like that show more, more focused on.
0: Totally. Totally. Okay. Good answer. I like it. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about some of your sponsors, some of the the brands you work with. I would like to, since we, as a dealer, we do at Sell Nautiques here in Oregon, what are... Three of your like favorite features. You have a G twenty three. Am I right?
1: Yes. So I I have a G twenty three back here in Australia. Nice. Okay. And okay. And I have a Paragon down the line. Nice. nice.
0: Two boats. Okay. Perfect.
1: So very lucky. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice.
1: Like unbelievably lucky. Like <laughs> Totally. No. That's,
0: that's so, so like well. You work hard. And you, totally so I I guess let's focus on the paragon because that's what I want to talk about what are the top three okay. features on your paragon that are just like chef's kiss to you couldn't go without them. Need them
1: uh obviously one the way that that talks that's it yeah that's that's it I don't think we need to talk about that that's <laughs> pretty pretty <Fair>. standard um, <laughs> um but um what like one thing that I actually generally use every day going in and out of um the boat slip down in Orlando more specifically yeah. is um the new telescoping tower um right. that's on there like I had like I even had the um electric power towers and stuff beforehand um that used to like go up and down yeah like that like a normal tower But even still, like coming in and out of the boat slip twice a day, like you'd have to unclip the bimini, you'd have to unclip the tower, you have to unlock it, you'd have to do the board racks, you'd have to, there was like so many steps just to push a button Mm -hmm. and put the tower down. It was almost like, it was almost contradicting. It was like, yeah, like it's easy, but like you You have to do do everything else
0: beforehand, and then it's easy.
1: Get it to that point, you know, where like, (laughs) Dude, like, coming in and out of the boat slip, it's just, like, doesn't matter where anyone's standing, doesn't matter what anyone's doing in the boat, like, you just push the button and just, it's too, too easy now. It, no. yeah, it really, really is. So, um, and it's kind of funny, I have, like, a little rule on my boat that we're not allowed to wake surf with the tower up. We have to <laughs> surf with the tower down. Just, nice. so, no reason at all, just because we have that opportunity, we have the option and we have the opportunity to i So, yeah. it's like, yeah, no. Nah that's that's one rule of my boat um but like just how easy it is yeah. it's so easy to use that boat like anyone can sit anywhere the boat's like everything's gonna like it's gonna be consistent every time it's mm-hmm. it's just so user-friendly like I do a lot of like corporate stuff like over here specifically in Oz and like there's people jumping in and out of the boat and like no one's like really driven a wakeboard boat before and like I just I push a button I set it up and like someone that's never driven a wakeboard boat before can like like easily drive the boat for me and have it good and it's just like it's so rare to have that specifically for so long with like all the wakeboard boats like Everything would have to be so perfect, but like yeah. they're just too. It's so easy. To too use. easy.
0: Yeah, love it's it. Okay. Easy, eh? okay. New new <laughs> brand slogan. Maybe it's just too easy.
1: You're All welcome, right. <laughs> You're
0: welcome, You Use that. Please, please give this show credit. Okay, so you. It, what year did you sign with Hyperlight?
1: Uh, beginning of last year.
0: Last year, so.
1: Twenty one. Um,
0: what was that kind of experience like? You know, forming that relationship and and getting to the point where you're signing the paper, you're on the team, you know, you're a part of the company. Yeah. Like, what was that like?
1: Um, good. Yeah, obviously incredible. Um, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, look, I I want to start by by saying, I spent over ten years with O'Brien, and what they did for me and like that part of my career and what they created for me was incredible and I'm obviously very thankful to to have that opportunity. Um but the it like interests and passions sort of change and them O'Brien as a business were very quickly fading out of high performance wakeboarding and mm-hmm. were to market and to advertise um a lot of low-end product a lot of like um cheap life jackets and like floatable mats and that that type of product which is great and there's nothing wrong against that but me being with the company and me being in the position that I am within the industry that the fit just slowly started to not make sense. Yeah. Um, so they, they were paying me all this money. I was like, I was on a gravy train for a little bit. I was like on great money with them and yeah. for a long period of time. And I was um, two years into a five-year contract um, going into my third year. And I had a, um, had a phone call in November. Saying um, that they're transitioning and they wanted to cut my pay by eighty percent, oh! And I was like, I just won two world titles, <laughs> like, yeah, wow, like that's like no, like that's no, that yeah, that not, doesn't make sense. Not, like, yeah, if you, if you if you're running a business and one of your employees is going out and actually being very successful in the industry that we're in. Are you gonna support them? Are you gonna gonna hurt them? And yeah. I I got the feeling that there was no mutual mutual respect anymore. And um so I ended that phone call in November saying that I would like I wasn't accepting that offer and that they had to go back and make something for me. And meanwhile, this is all through a five year like in the middle of a five year contract. So it was like right. that yeah. was like pretty disrespectful in its own. And then they pretty much came back in December and said, yeah, now we're sticking by this and um, this is what we can offer you. And I pretty much just said like in a very PG way, I was like, yeah, no, like this is not, this is not happening. You know, like I've been with you guys for over 10 years. This is not how you show respect to your employees. And um, so I ended the conversation saying that I was not signing this contract, um, that I was done and I was more than happy to ride um company lists for however long it was gonna take and O'Brien were like okay well like we can still pay you like royalties for your boards for the next 12 months I was like I don't want your pity money like this is like this is you being saying that you don't want me but then like you still want me to be a part of you like no like this is Mm -hmm. not acceptable like I'm cutting all ties and like thank you for everything but like moving forward and moving yeah. on to the next chapter in my career and um I was very okay um, with that decision and I think a, a lot of people in my support team didn't want me to do that they they wanted me to show loyalty and respect to the people that have showed respect to me and I'm obviously a big believer in that but an 80% pay cut after winning two world titles and pretty much carrying the brand on my shoulders just didn't seem right. And I, I cut tight, I cut all ties and, um, moved on and kind of just put the feelers out, uh, to a couple people and wasn't expecting anything to anything to happen. And to be brutally honest, I reached out to, to liquid. I reached out to Ronix and I reached out to Hyperlight and both Liquid and Ronix were interested and down to do something and they were like yeah like let's let's work on it and see and see what happens but I think this could work and um which was great but the biggest difference with those two brands and with Hyperlite I could like I spoke to Greg well I spoke to Murray um originally and asked the question and he goes yeah I'll send you Greg's number for sure and sent Greg an email and gave him a call and the enthusiasm and the passion and the want to to make something happen was so organic and pure and true yeah. that it just felt so right and Greg threw something straight at me um on the phone like straight away he was like yeah, yeah no, we're, we're doing this like it's not we can't <laughs> let this opportunity go like fly by and like I love that it's just that that enthusiasm and that passion was what really stood out for me. And mm-hmm. I just knew that that was, that was the right decision to make. And it, yeah, that was so true. Like being, being a part of Hyperlight and being, I'm, I'm still so like new. Yeah. To the brand. Like I've finished two years with the brand and uh, working with a company that, cares about the one the industry but to the products as well and wants to make a change for the better and it just it felt right and I felt like I was home instantly like I went to my first I went to the first product shoot and like they welcomed me in with open arms and it just everything about the process just felt right at every step and even Still today, like everything is just making so much sense and everything is has worked out for the better. So, I'm like, it was a big, big risk, but something that I'm so happy that, that yeah. I made.
0: Oh, awesome! That's really cool to hear. That's good sticking up for yourself, making that choice, and making that you know, kind of jump into the unknown, but then finding a new home and finding a place that you know cares about you and helps you kind of do your thing, which is really rad. Speaking of that, I would like to congratulate you on your 2022 Pro Model Board, Capital. Oh, that is so, yeah. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> that is so exciting, that is so exciting. What, I mean, you have been on the team for such a short time. So that's, I've asked you before, like, you know brand managers and whatnot, like how does someone get a pro model? How do they, how do they earn that? How do they get to that point? Some people are like, oh, it takes forever. Some people don't get one. So, what was it like getting a promo model board so quickly on this team? It's awesome. Um, it was.
1: It's rare. It doesn't. Yeah. That that doesn't happen, and like, I think that sort of says a lot about Hyperlight and where where their passion is and what yeah. uh, what they create within within the within the industry. And look, I it doesn't happen that easily. I'm mm-hmm. unbelievable, like very, like <laughs> unbelievably lucky to yeah. one be able to join the best wakeboard brand in the industry. Like Hyperlite's one of the best wakeboard brand for the last two years. So like to be a part of a company like that, to be so new to be a rookie, and then like I signed the co- like I signed my first contract in February, and I had a phone call and. May, Crazy. Like, Yeah, start start shaping, and like we spoke about it, like as we were signing the contract, like we all knew it was gonna happen at some. You good?
0: My, <laughs> ear pod. My ear pod on the ground. Sorry. Keep going.
1: <laughs> That's alright. <laughs> um, yeah, like we like it was spoken about um briefly, like when I was signing a contract and whatnot and like we both knew that it was like could potentially be on the cards but I was expecting it to be like a minimum three four year thing Totally. and I signed yeah. a contract and then a couple months later I get a phone call from like the head honchos at Highlight and they're like yeah no start start shaping right. and we'll get we'll get a shape out next year I was like dude like I signed my contract two months ago yeah,
0: yeah. you're like what are you guys talking <laughs> <Like, now?" laughs>
1: like I'm I'm having this is my first conversation with you like I like I'm meeting you for the first time and you're telling me to start shaping and create create a board it was yeah it was unbelievably special and I know that it doesn't happen like that and um very lucky that I had the opportunity that um and it was not it was one I think it was timing as well um JD Webb was kind of fading out of the sport a little bit and his contract was running out um, and he had a high performance shape in the line um, that they were downgrading. So one, I was very lucky to slide in at a really good time and to have a space open up so perfectly is rare in itself. Um, So I think that was like um, just conveniently really good timing and (laughs) is um a factor to have uh have this board out now but um yeah it's it doesn't happen like that it takes it takes years of creating a relationship with a brand and with the right people and um you look at other people for example like they they've been talking about it with a brand for three four five years and then an opportunity finally pops up where like it popped up for me in like two months so I was like yeah I know, I know that that's not normal and I'm like yeah I'm stoked
0: yeah so red, so so red. Yeah. such a good way to kind of get started with the 2023 year and, and really get excited for what's to come um I kind of want to talk about 2023 I know 20 we're still currently in 2022 and the season just kind of ended but if we can think about what we're most excited for in 2023 does something come to mind
1: I honestly haven't given it a thought <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're like my board's on the shelf like no I'm not doing that yet
1: um no look um 2023 for years uh I can't talk 2023 <laughs> for me is is gonna be um a pretty big year for sure um very lucky to have, um, some products come to, come to market with Hyperlite, um, and the last couple months, uh, that I spent in the U.S., I was doing a lot of, um, a lot of events with, like, a lot of dealer events with Hyperlite to try and, um, really spread the word and kind of, um, Get people to realize that I'm not with O'Brien anymore. Like I have <laughs> had a huge okay. shift in my career, and um, and that that's been like one of the one of the biggest struggles is I think like, so like. I had that image of being with them for so long that breaking that is so difficult in its own. And um, so for me, like I um I have a product that I'm. 100% happy and proud of and am happy to to bring to market and um want to want to like want to tell people about it, want to tell yeah. my story about how I how I ended up on this shape and how it came about and just the whole process and for me that I've never had a good opportunity to be able to tell that story and because for the longest time it was just like yeah here's a shape and like this is it and we're just going to sell it to a couple of people Where like now like the people that I'm working with are so passionate and they're so caring about what they've got in their hands that I now have that outlet to be able to tell that story and to be able to tell people how how it feels to actually go back and forth and create a shape and to create a board that yeah. one that i'm proud of but also two that i believe will stand up uh within within the industry and people and i truly believe people will love this thing so yeah uh yeah it's it's fun and exciting and i've only got a lot more of these events and a lot more people to talk to and totally. to share share experiences with yeah. um with the similarity of over product it's it's fun
0: yeah, you're just getting started too. Okay, I'm only gonna do this one more time, and then we'll be done. But I need you to give me one word to describe the 2022 season. Fun. I'm gonna I, get you I, a dictionary I, and send it to you because you.
1: <laughs> no, i I enjoy I enjoyed this year a lot more. Yeah, than good. I have. Um. <laughs> which, um, which was really exciting to experience. And I think, um, the longer I do this, um, the stronger relationships that I create, um, in my life. And they then allow me to be myself a little more and to have fun and to enjoy the process a lot more. And like, that, I feel like that's happening more and more. Like I got better people around me and, um, yeah, like I, I enjoyed this year way more than any other year. And it was probably one of the more stressful years I've had on tour, but yeah, I weirdly enjoyed it. Um so which is which is weird because I feel like I haven't really enjoyed myself on tour in the last couple of years. Like mm-hmm. it's been satisfying and it's been great, but I haven't enjoyed it and had as much fun as I had this year. Um so for me that That only leaves me more intrigued for for what's to come next year and for to actually see what's possible. So, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. Like, I if this if this year was as much fun as what as what it was, then like it's only going to be
0: only better. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited to see what 2023 has in store for you. Um, I have a feeling there's a lot of really awesome things gonna gonna happen. So. We look forward to seeing it, seeing it all go uh, down. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I can't it's wait. good. Hopefully it's fun. Hopefully it's just, yeah, knocked out of the park. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I can't wait. I really, really can't wait. So um, I'm sure it'll have its fair share of challenges as every year does, but right. um, they're only becoming more and more satisfying and more enjoyable every year. So, um, which is great because it's sustainable. And it yeah. makes me want to do it more than feel like I have to do it. So
0: that's a good feeling, and that's important for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited to see what 2023 has in store. I want to say thank you so, so much for sharing everything with me today and everybody that's going to watch this. It was really, really fun, and, and thank you very much.
1: Thank you for bearing with me. I feel I'm terrible <laughs> taking this long to actually sit down and have a conversation with you so like one I'm sorry and two no thank need you very much for for bearing with me and for um having me on and um yeah I can't wait to yeah see how this comes out see
0: <laughs> what happens yeah well we will be yeah. posting it up soon and we'll get it out there to everybody so thank you very much Corey
1: awesome thank you so much Summer
0: all right bye-bye